evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. A vlogcast that comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect, because I like being able to say the Streisand effect and have people send Facebook messages where they say, hey, remember this thing about the Streisand effect? Yeah, see this photo meme? It's got it in it. Well done. <laughs> Sad part of it is... Bridget's not here right now, and she's the one who did I just, it. So I I referenced the Streisand effect this week. Oh, did you now? I did. Good. Part of this is follow through with the old adage: sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Triple all over the place. S H U J I N. It's really hard to miss me if you go looking. But uh, welcome to the show. Let me go ahead and introduce you to the truncated grouping. I'll kind of explain part of what's going on. Top left-hand corner of North America, of course, over there in Calgary. Good evening, Dallin. Good evening. And just north of me in uh, Ontario, Canada. Good morning, heretic woman. Good morning, and you were just saved from this being the Canadians taking over. Yeah, You're lucky, tell me about lucky it. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> and down into the left, into the Midwest of the U.S. Good evening, Bridget. Good evening. Better late than never. Only, only just barely. As a matter barely. Of fact. Funny, funny part of it is, I, I did just reference you with the whole Streisand effect, so you should listen back later. To, oh, to I see. will. So, <laughs> so uh, at the moment, we've got, well, at the moment, this is what we've got. Unreno Tech is otherwise occupied. Cool. No problem. Uh, Chief, if you're listening back for any reason, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll occupy it as usual. I mean, nothing new there. Look at the bright side. You won't have to pay taxes on that. Yeah. Uh, Joey, eh, don't know at the moment. And Joseph, mm, don't know. Again, remember, it's early over there. You know, well, so, way mm, early. But Joseph is also known for being fashionably late. So I wouldn't count him out just yet. That's true. That's true. It, it is uh, 6 11 a.m. Paris time currently. In other words, yeah, it's oh right. dark. Why the hell would I get up that early on a Sunday? Type. Yeah. Thing? Yes. Pretty much. Yes. Pretty much. Uh, as as was once put to me, oh dark, stupid in the morning. So mm -hmm. keep that yep. in mind. Oh, I use that way too much. Oh, I can't imagine why. So yep. uh, there's a there's a real quick piece about all this, by the way. Uh, I do want to make a, a specific reference that yes, for those of you that have been keeping score, yeah, Dallin is kind of here with us right now this week, and there's good goddamn reason for it. Uh, a couple. Florence. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, you, quick it, it, thing about that. Yep. I, I could see people calling her Flo, and we yeah. used to make jokes. Yeah, Bridge knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, your little <laughs> yeah, monthly visitor, Auntie Flo. Aunt Flo. Aunt and, Flo. Uh, <laughs> I, I have seen just about every meme and joke to that effect on this case. Uh, so, yeah. so congratulations, National Weather Service. Um You've just proven that you can meme better than the U.S. government. Well, if you have enough feminine hygiene products, you can just suck up all that water. Yeah, who needs paper towels, man? <laughs> no, no, we're stopping it right there. We're stopping it right there. It's and it's got not, wings. It's got nothing. Okay. I've been married for 12 years. 12 wonderful years, as we know. I am not at all squeamish about any of that stuff. It's much more a matter of I don't want to be reminded anything that has to do with paper towels that might have wings 
because they can throw it. All right. It's been a year. I'm still a little I'm still a little perturbed about all that. Some um, people understand. But anyways, um I don't in my case, Florence didn't really have much to do with it. Uh, it had more just to do with uh, the company's uh, really bad case of renal cr- of rectal cranial inversion, yeah, and a uh, a failure uh, just to get their stuff together in time. Uh, my coworker was there last week, or no, this week, uh, to do his part, which should have been done about a month and a half ago. So here's the beautiful thing. I work next week, Monday to Wednesday. On Thursday, I go on holidays until the 25th of September. On the 26th, I'm on the plane, <laughs> theoretically. Because it also hinges on that company doing a little something tomorrow that they're supposed to do uh, that is purely their responsibility, basically preparing the site for me to put in the software that I need to do so that I can train them for Tuesday and Wednesday and then go down the week after to make sure that everything is working properly. These guys are cutting their deadline so insanely close that, okay, you're not supposed to try to give yourself a heart attack. It's something you're supposed to avoid. These guys are running at it with, Almost a zealotous amount of uh, enthusiasm. It scares the hell out of me. Well, that should prove to be rather interesting then. Yeah, and when I mentioned this to my project manager and to the other guys in my department about this, because this is kind of like my first big client I've been dealing with, they just kind of looked at me, shrugged their shoulders, and went, welcome to the funhouse. What the hell was I thinking? You you were you were thinking you could make this work and you could make it happen and oh I was thinking mortgage level bonuses let's not lie uh, well, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm only in this for the money <laughs> I can't say the money so as always everybody thank you very much for joining us if you are watching live with us right now of course please take advantage of the live chat system it is up and running and I do see that a couple of you guys are over there Stephanie did see you over there Felis hi um, and Trippin good to see you. Um, I'm also terribly concerned because as Trippin says, quote, Hey, I'm in the middle of NC. North Carolina. No, no, I, I know. I know it, it could have been that it could have been no class. Uh, I would not be at all surprised. Uh, and oh, come on. Trippin has class. He's watching us. You want to run <laughs> that by me at one more time? He was watching me first. I'm pretty sure he can correct guys. me if I'm wrong, but guys, I think guys. he was watching me first. He's got class. The, the fact that he's watching us just means he's got nothing better to do. Yeah. Who's watching us? I've missed something. Sorry. Trippin' Tri- Fool. Oh, hey, he Trippin'. He hasn't been around for a while. And, well, uh, partly because, uh, as he says, and no power for two days now. Oh, uh, wow. That'll do yeah. it. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely do it. No, that's that's going to kind of come up to what I'm going to open up with uh, tonight. So in any case... Those of you that are watching live, of course, will be more than happy to take stuff into account. And you guys, um, you guys be safe out there. I know I'm kind of prefacing what I'm going to be opening with tonight, but, you know, be that as it may. So I did want to let you guys know because, uh, you know, starting off, uh, I was over at Wegmans again. And I still have to take back all my empties, by the way. However, tonight's 
choice is this samuel oh smith's my. organic chocolate stout now we know full well that i have a i have a bad history with stouts in general mm-hmm. we know this but at the same time this was one of the ones that was in the international section of booze as you can tell from the overall size look at that right next to my face there you go it's a big bottle it's pretty it is it's uh 550 mils yeah 550 mils product of uk it doesn't say product of the uk this is product of uk mm. okay fine you know, um, they're pretty good for their stouts yeah and it, it does say it's just a little bit over a pint so there's that uh what the guys had told me was yeah don't don't chill it don't refrigerate it but i mean you can refrigerate it take it out a little while before you're going to drink it because it should be a little cool but not cold so you know and and not room temperature so uh you know we'll we'll see what happens with that but um as usual i'm going to uh, try i do have another uh chocolate based if you guys have been uh, paying attention over on the facebook page or on the twitter account yes i've got one of each you know, we can see what happens. Uh, yes, and I'm going to uh, sniff the cork. <laughs> <laughs> and it... Okay, the cork says beer. I've been yeah. wrong before. Yeah. I've been wrong before, so... Okay, so... Yeah, this plays out. All right, so you've got a you've got a liquor t- of choice tonight for testing, as do I. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. This is what I'm trying tonight. Oh, yes. Naked gray. Ah, but look at the color. It is clear. Blue. Blue. No, it is blue. Blue. It's blue. It, it is looks blue. like it looks like uh, blue Caraco, or however you pronounce that. Now, just there we go. Oh, it's you. Vulcan. It's it's Romulan, Romulan wine. Yeah. Romulan <laughs> wine. <laughs> oh, there's Joseph. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. How are you all today? Doing well. As a matter of fact, it was just uh, just about getting ready to uh, roll into uh, my opening, and good timing. So, from Paris, good morning. There it is. You're late, sir. Uh, well, actually, uh, we had a couple of things to kind of cover, including uh, tonight's choice of alcohol. So, uh, Yeah, that's really important. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it sets the tone for everything. So, well, one, one of me... these One of these days, though, we'll have to get you to try one of uh, Arno's favorites, which is a hobgoblin beer from Witchwood Brewery. Oh, I've had that. That's good stuff. He likes that. Oh, well, as we've uh, as we found out, I'm willing to try pretty much almost anything once. Almost. There you go. Almost. We'll 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 see what happens from there. So it only hurts the first time. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what I learned the first time that I uh, that I took a swig. Uh, th- four swigs of Southern Comfort the first time in a row, straight from the bottle. Yeah, that was that was that was not a good idea. But That's um, sweet, it's not doesn't burn. Yeah, so not for, not um, for you, it's called Southern discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, considering I was, uh, well, Statue of Limitations is well gone at this point. Uh, I was still in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like 16 the first time I ever drank that. that that's, that's, that sounds, uh, that's that Canadian mist, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, high school. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I'm uh, like, what even is that? 
<laughs> oh, I've graduated on to like Crown Royal and oh, and uh, yeah, I know. Julio, oh Don Julio, tequila. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a buddy of mine in university, he um, he was a chugger. You know, the, the kind you know, he didn't really care what it tasted like, just so long as he could get messed up on it. So, you know, pounding, you know, basically taking a bottle of vodka and just you know, go, giving her that one for a little bit. He was okay with that, um, especially if it was somebody else's booze, because you know, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, he did that to a friend friend of mine's Crown Royal, which was kind of a cardinal sin. But it's okay, Karma got him back. Oh, because, oh no, because after he had the uh, the mouthful of Crown Royal, much to my friend's dismay, he kind of sat there, kind of bobbing and weaving, and he used to uh, always say that you know he he would never get sick from drinking because he and had he an iron, he, well he had an iron stomach and a titanium constitution, and yes, he did. Mm. for all things North American. Because you see, he opened up the fridge again and he spies a 26 of Smirnoff Red. You know, your, your, your typical Smirnoff vodka. Okay. And he's like, can I have a sip? And my friend's like, sure, go right ahead. Doing his, no, best poker face ever. So he pops the cork, he takes the shot back, swallows it, and that's when he realized his mistake. Because you see, the 26 was not full of vodka. It was full of Chilean moonshine that my friend's <gasps> girlfriend had brought oh. up after coming home from vacation. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn is right. Because my friend with the iron stomach, the titanium constitution... Just met his kryptonite. Aye. And I can say that literally because my buddy said his veins turned green. Oh. And he scrambled out of that barn oh. as fast as he could. He made it. Oh. And they had to pick his ass up off the floor about 20 minutes later. Wow. Um, I don't think that I will have to worry about that. With this. No. And uh, this stuff. It is a very much a Chardonnay. Okay. Just an interesting color. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, let's get everything rolling because, uh, yeah, we are, we are a little bit behind schedule. But, yeah, schedule. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so we'll get everything rolling over here. So with five minutes on the clock, your five-minute freestyle starts right now. Florence, wow, what can we say about it that hasn't really been said uh, other than the fact that, um, yeah, I don't know how many of you have been watching specifically the NOAA weather radar, which, by the way, uh, NOAA.gov, or weather.gov, I should say, and kind of go from there. You can get some really amazing views of North America, at least the United States, of course, and the radar from quite a ways out, including... Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Hence the reason why I'm kind of bringing that up earlier. That's not so bad so far. Florence, as we know, was looking to be a really, really nasty storm. And they were looking at Cat 4, I believe, at one point, and were worried that it was going to ease up into a Cat 5. 
they don't get bigger than that. That's pretty much the limit. <laughs> now, fortunately, after hitting the coast, it degraded precipitously. And there's a good goddamn reason why I decided to use that word. Because even with it going from a cat, a big cat three, cat four, to tropical storm, you then got the problem of what it was built with. And what it was built with was water. That's what these storms are, man. They're water. Pure and simple. It's a combination of air warming up and moving around and cool air moving differently. And all that warm air is sucking up the water vapor from off of that big body of water that it's located in. Doesn't matter if it's in the Atlantic or the Pacific. We just call it by different names. It's a tropical storm. It's a hurricane. It's a typhoon. Doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. It's an imbalance in what's happening with the air. Now, the big problem, of course, is that once these things hit land, they can't suck up any more water. So they drop everything that they've got. Now, admittedly, once Florence hit the coast, it was still huge in size. But let's not even forget how much water it was holding up inside of it. We can't even conceive of how many square miles of water, how many square kilometers of water were sucked up into the air that now has nowhere to go but down. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's got to go down. And then from there, it has to go downhill, eventually making its way back to the ocean, eventually. But the problem of it is, it's got to go down first. So the first big piece is, it's going to come down in pelting torrential rains. And what's the ground going to do except suck it up at first? And then it can't. And then it makes its way into whatever is the lowest pathway, gravitationally speaking. And then it can't. But we've known about these things. We've known what the flood stage areas look like. You check with your emergency management offices, good ones, they've got those things mapped out. They know what's going to have happen. When I was living on Long Island, we lived through several Cat 3s. Hurricane Gloria, Hurricane Floyd. I still remember Hurricane Hugo. And it was nasty. The problem that we've got is this one, this one is monstrous. It may not have been a five, but it was monstrously big. It doesn't need to be a cat five for it to be absolutely hellacious once it hits the mainland. Look at how big it was. Side to side, it was hundreds of miles hundreds of kilometers and we've been told these things are only going to continue 
and get bigger. We need to plan ahead for a lot of this stuff. Problem of it is, is it going to be at the back end of it for reducing the problems once it lands? Or is it in trying to prevent these things from growing to the sizes that they are? Or is that even a possibility anymore? This episode 227 on the docket, Your Honor. There's a reason why I wrote it out this way. In parenthesis, science keeps changing. We've heard on too many occasions that something keeps changing, so I can't trust it. The news keeps changing, so it's fake news, so we can't trust it. Science keeps changing, so we can't trust it because it keeps changing. It doesn't really much matter what that variable in there is. But science tends to be the one that we hear the most often. We as skeptics who understand that that's the way it's supposed to be. And then the people who say, I can't trust when that happens. So what the hell's going on? So, yeah, we need to kind of go through this one again and try to explain to people because school's on. What better opportunity to remind ourselves that we need to be educated. And this is why we learn science the way that we do. Just before we get over to that, Heretic Woman, I don't have any news. Uh, I will admit that I did not go looking, unfortunately, because I was otherwise dealing with um, all of the news locally, domestically, politically, which is driving me up a freaking wall. But I didn't see anything in particular myself. No, I didn't see anything either. Which is unfortunate, uh, if not, as we all know, unfortunately, all too well, not unexpected, if annoying. So as of the recording of tonight's show, Reef Badawi has now been incarcerated six years, two months, 31 days for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family and your sister. We're still waiting for you, man. See what happens. So anyway, um, there's a piece about all this that uh, I, I do need to uh, make a, a couple of references to, uh, by the way, TTTF over in the chat. Hi. Uh, also in the chat, Felis knows full well that uh, we have mutual acquaintances, mutual friends uh, who are down in amongst all of the weather, which has been nasty as all get out. And power has flickered and power has gone off, as, as was said, you know, two days without power. Yeah, I remember what Long Island was like when we had uh, a week I believe it was with no power at the time. Yeah. In, uh, oh, yeah. in, in the eighties, uh, I forget if it was uh, Floyd or Gloria, whichever the hell one it was, but yeah, Long Island, the vast majority was out for a week and fortunately it was in the summer. So we didn't have to worry about heating, but trying to cook anything as you can probably imagine was difficult cult at best mm-hmm. and keeping anything uh cold and refrigerated yeah that was uh that was tough so um there were a lot of folks that uh, went out and got themselves some uh, coleman stoves and uh, had a festival of meat i guess is the best way to put it <laughs> for most of the uh most of the week because i mean anything that you had in the freezer was gonna end up going bad pretty damn quick mm-hmm. and, 
you know, just not much you could really do about it. I remember when we had the the giant uh, blackout. What was that like? Two thousand five, four, three. I don't remember. But um, yeah, my my ex was out barbecuing meat in the driveway. Like he was quite thrilled that he could start, you know, grilling everything that used to move and. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I learned a valuable lesson that day because I I used to have the habit of if I if I got up in the morning and I was a little pressed for time and I thought I had enough gas to get to work, I would defer filling my tank until after work. And at that time, I worked about 35 minutes from home in the next town over Cambridge, if anybody knows. And so that morning I looked at my tank and went, eh, I can make it. Didn't stop for gas. And then the power went out for hours and hours and hours. And I had no gas. And I learned that you can't get gas if there's no power. Yeah. I did, did not know that at the time. I just thought. I don't know why I thought they could extract it from under the ground without a pump, but. <laughs> well, see, the, the thing of it is, in, in areas where they've got natural gas, it, okay, there was one client when, uh, when my wife was a, a, a client manager for the phone inbound call center that we used to work for. Uh, I'm not going to name names because I don't do that. Uh, however, I will say at the time, it was the biggest one here in Buffalo for quite a while. But there was a group that had come up from New York City and asked, what happens when the power goes out? Well, we've got generators. And they run on natural gas. And the question that followed up was, but what happens when you run out of natural gas? Not realizing that the natural gas pumping system is for the whole of the county and the grid and everything and if that goes out there's there's a bigger, bigger problem, problem. Than, yeah 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 so well, um you know these days it's not uncommon for these types of areas especially uh especially uh gas stations to have emergency pumps uh i, I should say emergency backup generators for exactly right. that reason because yeah. it is so in an emergency Sometimes that is and necessary. and I wouldn't be surprised if I could have gone farther afield. There might have been somewhere, but there there was and the other reason why I was in the habit of doing that is there was a gas station like just across the street from the factory where I was working. But they were old school, like like they didn't have digital numbers, they had the scrolly yep. tick tick numbers and all of that and so yeah they were i i forget if i walked over there or what but they're like yeah, no you're not getting any gas from us sorry so i ended up uh the owner of the company who also lived in kitchener had to drive me home because i had no way and then my husband had to um borrow we had to borrow somebody's car to go and pick up my car like the next day when the gas tanks were when the gas pumps were running but lesson learned don't go to work on fumes if you can help it <laughs> yeah true enough i still remember that when the oil embargo was going on in the 70s but that's a that's a whole other thing 
So back on track for a second. By the way, lobster. Yes, I was going to say, lobster says it's kind of hard to watch porn in the dark when the power goes out. (laughs) Yeah, the worst part about it when the power goes out um, is the lack of air conditioning, because usually it gets really hot and muggy, and if you got no fan, that's a bad moment. (laughs) That's that's a whole uh, all right moving right along and now i've got uh, now i've got kermit the frog stuck in my head and, and some of you have got it too <laughs> and and then stephanie came out with old school crank handles on pumps and after reading about watching porn i just like no that's not what i should be yes that's... <laughs> remember it's all about priming the pump we invented that over here in the u.s yes. all right yeah so Science keeps changing. Let's go over to the biomedical side. Why does stuff keep changing, Bridget? Why can't they just settle on and just say, yes, you can transfer blood from a dog into a human or vice versa? Because it's blood, right? Well, of course. Or, you know, it's it's liquid. So why, you know, why not? It's yeah, bread. Just- yeah, just uh, change uh, change the color of phlegm to uh, uh, red, and everything's good, because you can transfer one red to another, right? Sure. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. Things, things change because we discover things. We see things that don't work. We find things that work better. Um, I mean, look at germ theory of disease. That's true. That's very true. Now, some people are probably going, okay, you know, Shu, why do you keep going back to the dogs and, and the blood transfusion? Because it is the most stark example of how we learn that bad things happen when you don't have all the information. But we can't exactly blame them because they didn't have the information. So, uh, wait, wait, what? hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problem of it is... If you don't know, you don't know. You don't know that you're going to screw up, right? And that's that's where I'm going with, and that's kind of what Bridget was just talking about. So, go ahead, go ahead and lambast me for me at this point, Dal. Go ahead. I know you wanted to do it. No, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, you can. Like you said, you don't know what you don't know, but if you know. And knowing doesn't agree with your narrative, so you suppress what you know because it's the only way that you know your political, religious, or otherwise narrative can be met. Then you damn right we can blame you. That's fair. We we can blame the hell out of you for withholding vital information. And if you're going to say it's because uh, because X, because Y, or because you're this or that, um, you look pathetic. I, I think the whole point of this, though, is that science does change, and it's not because it was wrong. Oh, no. It's that's because, but it, sometimes, sometimes it is because it's wrong, but that's not a bad thing. No. Yeah. And, well, and when we learn new information, then the, you know the science like, will change. To like, for it. instance, for hundreds of years, p- 
people believed in the quote science of the humors, which mm-hmm. was uh oh, there was the blood, the urine, the bile. Oh. Was that it? Just the three? Yeah, Flem. the three humors. Flem. Flem, yeah, I think that might have been in there too. Yeah. But it, it, and they believed that you had to have all those things in balance, and that's where bleeding people came from because. Who knows how to get rid of bile or, well, you can pee, but I mean, that doesn't do much. But um, the only thing that they could really sink their teeth into, I guess, for lack of a better description, was was draining blood out of people. So they always seemed to, because they could see no other way of affecting the levels of the other humors, it made sense to them that, well the culprit must most of the time be blood because that's the only one that we can affect. So we'll just suck some more out of you, which from the very, very limited amount of information they had does make a modicum of sense, not so much from a modern perspective, but at the time it it was better than, you know, going to the local shaman and asking them to do some, funky dance for you so i mean it was an improvement in that sense but it it definitely didn't do anything like they thought it was gonna do because humors aren't a thing but they didn't have a way to test for that theory they didn't have a way to prove that wrong to falsify it so they went with what they thought And then once we developed a way that we could falsify these things, we went, well, damn, it ain't that. (laughs) Shit, back to the drawing board. And that's good. That um, a lot of us are adopting the the Christian narrative about science, like we're making it seem like something um, apart, almost godly, but it really, it's, it's it's a thought process. Yeah. I mean, you've got reality, and then you have our understanding of reality. And basically, science, all it's doing is just whittling away our misunderstandings of reality. Yeah. And it's doing so at a much higher rate than before. Um, yes. Just because the the more we learn and the more we understand how things work, the more we can push it and investigate. Um Actually, one of the biggest things that I've learned recently, um, like I'm a, I really can't say I'm a, I'm an astronomy buff, but I, I do have a very big interest in the subject. So Stephen Hawking, one of my heroes. Um, I've read, well, like I, I took an astronomy course in university and it talked a lot about things like uh, star formation, star death, um, and a lot of other things. And over the years, of course, I watch, um, you know, the odd documentary and stuff. And I, and I hear them talk about different things. The one that got me was uh, a great um, thing that National Geographic did. It was called Journey to the End of the Universe. Um, narrated by, um, oh, not 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 the Doctor Who Peritwee, but I think his brother. Uh the dude is like one of the reasons I want to get into voice work because God damn. (laughs) But some of the concepts he was talking about, um, things like what they called a hypernova. I thought that sounds made up because it's nothing I'd ever heard of. 
you know, so it's it's outside of. But no, turns out research has been done, and it turns out that there are stars that are big enough to pull off that kind of explosion, but were not known, you know, X number of years ago. So, like, astronomy changes a lot because they discover brand new things. You know, they 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 construct a mathematical model of something so that um, so that everybody else. Um, or everything they apply it to, it should work. And then they start finding anomalies. Like, okay, what the hell is that? And then they have to discover new math to explain it. And suddenly a whole bunch of textbooks are now really out of date. That's, you know, where, the, so. that's where the fault is, actually, because there's a lot of people building, um, when you look through the years, there's a lot of people building new hypotheses on... Um, on existing hypotheses, yeah, and they have to go back to they have to, to, to uh, hack out an entire section of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's also were. tough to like. Um... But again, that's not a bad thing. That's not a fault. I mean, um, you know, because science is always, if you follow that thought process, it eventually yeah. corrects itself. Yeah, you'd almost want to make. Um... Like you'll come back and bite you in the ass. In the yeah, <laughs> it'd be like you. You think you got me figured out? Nah, I don't think so. Um, but you know, to that end, something like uh, Wikipedia, which I think ideally was supposed to be a living document, I think would work great for science if it was restricted uh, in um, content updating to those who are qualified in the field. So you could have like yeah. an astronomy Wikipedia where you know for lack of a better term the pros could go in and update theory or update their uh, work to say okay we know this about black holes but now we've discovered this and then they can go in and edit it without then having some you know big shooty up hair guy going it's aliens and you know <laughs> yeah. hacking the site all the time as a wikipedian that does happen to some extent yeah but at the same uh, time, once uh, you correct an article, uh, it's kind of hard to, you're not always going to be there to um, well, check up it, on it, make sure it stays, you know. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, not necessarily Wikipedia itself, but if the, um, if the scientific uh, community, again, for lack of a better term, um, could come up with its own public-facing like, but privately updatable. Uh, yeah, papers. like... And, and like, say somebody to, to be able to go and edit at will, you must have these credentials kind of thing. Yeah. Or and because you, you, you yeah. don't want any schmo being able to go, I'm going to change it. So it says that life begins at conception or I'm going to change it to say that, um, you know, science has never created life in a lab, Meh. you know, shit like that. Or, you know vaccines cause autism who knows okay here's one then um it's a lot of dogma in, in wikipedia unfortunately yeah. and oh, these okay. people are the loudest and the most yeah. aggressive like and they go they will go to any they'll subvert any wikipedia rule to get their propaganda through yeah okay so but there are gatekeepers already when it comes to like scientific journals correct yeah, to a to a certain degree. Um, it, also... as, I, as I've understood it, it's uh, it it's rather unofficial. Although there do tend to be fact, 
for for lack of a better way of putting it, factions of people who are dedicated to maintaining, watching over, keeping updated, and when something gets edited that's really screwy, going back and going, mm, no, that's that's not what that paper says because I've actually got that paper and you know, uh, I really like to look at it in, in the terms of oh crap, what's the what's the term that I'm looking for? Uh, egalitarianism. I'm forgetting what the right term should be for it, but those people that actually want the good to come through when all is said and done. Hmm. I guess um, it's probably the, the best. System, the system is set up, but if you're talking about scientific journals, there's a big, big problem there because um, if you've ever tried to publish anything in uh, one of these journals, uh, there's a huge, I'd call it a full financial barrier set up. Hmm. Um, where if you're just a regular schmo with an idea that you want others to test, it's almost impossible for you to, to get into any respectable journal. And of course, that system's subverted by the corporations who want their uh, uh, their stuff to get through first. Yeah, and to be perfectly honest, any group that is doing some research that could be published is going to want to get it out there so that they can put it to use and they can maybe not necessarily uh maybe i'm not using the right terminology but copyright or trademark the product of for instance for things like biochemistry when you're learning well perfect example when you're doing research into new pharmacologicals you know it is kind of the way that it works we learn what our better chemical combinations and which are not as good or have more effects and some that have fewer side effects and that kind of thing. The thing, however, about the scientific, um, see, now this is the problem. I'm trying to think of what the right, the right term should be for it. The scientific exploration. Let me just call it that for a second. The thing that's really interesting to me about it is, and we've heard the argument that it is a circular argument unto itself. And they're not wrong when they have that argument where, where they, they have that, that complaint about science, that it is it corrects itself, and that's a circular argument unto itself. But the thing of it is, Science not only corrects itself, but also keeps updating itself. The more stuff we learn, the more we learn that we can learn more, and the more that we learn that we can build detectors to learn more into the areas that we couldn't see before, and so on and so on and so on. And more that we learn, the more interesting pieces of, uh, of uh, hardware that we build. Case you know that point, the friggin' Hadron Collider, and you know that's part of what led me to stop believing in fairy tales, because as I studied history, we learned things like the Greek and Roman pantheon, and they taught us things. You know, people used to believe that lightning was caused from Zeus getting pissed off and throwing bolts from Olympus and, <laughs> and all of that. And then they taught us, but we don't believe that anymore because we learned meteorology and we figured out where lightning comes from. And 
we kept I kept getting those types of stories, you know. Well, they used to say Prometheus brought fire, but now we we kind of have an idea that as man progressed, some somebody somewhere sparked a couple of rocks and caught some shit on fire and went, whoa, look at that. And so we don't think that Prometheus brought fire anymore and, and just on and on and on. And suddenly one day I just kind of went, holy shit, it's all the same that way. It's all just stories that we've made up over the centuries to explain stuff we didn't understand. And as we understand, those stories fall by the wayside and become mythology. It beats the God of the gaps. It does. It absolutely <laughs> does. So, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, um, you know, when I, I used to be afraid of thunder. And of course, now I go out and sit on the porch and like, come on, was that all you got? It was a bigger boom. <laughs> but when I was a little child and I was afraid of thunder, my grandma would say, oh, don't worry. That's just the angels bowling. Yep. You know, I remember that one. I've got yep. one. I, I've got I've got one for that. Um, you mentioned the, the Greek pantheon and it reminded yes. me um, a history class I took. Um, there was in Socrates' time a movement to try to discredit him to mm. the point where a playwright wrote a comedy involving him. <laughs> now, I I don't I can't quote a verbatim because again, it's been like you know twenty some odd years. D did they call him Socrates? I have no idea. It was all it was all Greek to me, unfortunately. <laughs> But this was the gist of the exchange. I believe it was between him and Plato. Um, Plato asking, where does thunder come from? And Socrates goes, well, you know when, you're, when your mother's had too many puddings for dessert and there is an after effect of, um, of having too many puddings? And Plato's like, yeah. Well, that's kind of the same effect that uh, a cloud would have, uh, which is why there's thunder. And uh, of course, at that point, um, my Monty, my inner Monty Python took over. Uh, at which point, I believe Plato would have said, "Wait a minute! Are you telling me that clouds fought?" <laughs> <laughs> but that was that kind of that was the gist of of what they were getting at. Is that? Uh, apparently thunders was were um the result of cloud flatulence <laughs> yeah okay that, that was... so how did they explain the lack of stench i <laughs> uh, see at that point they could probably say you know well they were they're they're all lady clouds you know because uh, you know lady me. farts don't stink i, I know oh that's trust me they do <laughs> And, and now, married for 10 years. I, I know, I know. Yeah, and uh, apparently, uh, Felix is reminding us uh, if I remember right, the Native one of, I should say, one of the Native American mythos had fire being brought to man by the coyote, hmm. which I vaguely remember. I wouldn't have remembered it off the top of my head, but good on you. Yeah. I remember that. I also remember that what the Europeans call the man in the moon the equestrian called the mare in the moon is the rabbit in the moon for those of you that did not know about that one you might want to look that one up but 
of course, we learn over time that those dark patches are what are called mares. They are oceans. Oceans of what used to be dark lava. And that's what those turned out to be. The same way that once upon a time, we thought that the markings on the surface of Mars that we could sort of see with the very, very crude by today's standards telescopes were thought to be canals, Uh actual created structures by civilizations. Now, admittedly, the problem that science runs into is when you extrapolate ideas from preconceived notions with incomplete data. Mm -hmm. Perfect example is, of course, with Mars, thinking that there were Martians because they saw these, these what seemed to be trenches or canals and thought that they were built structures because, I mean, how could they possibly be otherwise? And I'm, I'm going to go back to, uh, I'm going to go back to Bridget because again, this one falls into the science and medical stuff or sort of, but once upon a time, the idea of spontaneous life was a thing. I'm pretty sure that uh, you might remember about this one, Bridget. The idea that grubs, not grubs, uh, lar- lar- gr- sh- whatever the hell they were called. Slugs? No, uh, they were they were fly maggots. That's maggots. What I was looking maggots. maggots. Those would <clears throat> spontaneously generate on- yeah. out of meat. Yep. Yeah. Now, now, as we know full well, this is not a thing, but once upon a time, this was thought to be a thing, spontaneous yep. generation of life. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember the experiment that proved that that was bullshit? I see vaguely. Bridge, do you? Uh, I'll give you no. a hint. Cheesecloth. Yeah, and and if memory serves, they they wrapped up some. Oh, I wanted to say they put something in a bottle and corked it, or yeah, so that the flies couldn't. They, they didn't. They didn't know that they were preventing flies from getting in, but they just sealed up the whatever it was they thought would generate maggots. They sealed it up which prevented flies from getting in and suddenly there were no maggots and they're like, Whoa, wait a minute here. (laughs) Yep. They did an experiment that made perfect sense to us after the fact they had a piece of meat in a glass container with an open top. That was your control because that was just normal. Set that aside. You have another one, same type of glass container with another piece of meat, completely covered lid, Sit that next to it. And then another third with another piece of meat with cheesecloth over the top. So it would allow air to pass air. back and forth to try and see if maybe they could figure out what's going on. And, well, I, I did come to you originally, Bridget, so now I'm kind of wondering, is this ringing bells for you now? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure it should. So what? How did this end up, or how well do you remember it? Uh, well, the meat that was covered up did not generate maggots. 
because flies didn't get to it. <clears throat> the one that was open did, but that's because flies were able to get to it. And the third little piggy with the cheesecloth on top? Do you remember what happened with that one? Did it get fruit flies? Like small small insects, but not the bigger ones? Well, as a matter of fact, you're really damn close. They had a whole bunch of flies that were trying to get through the cloth. Trying to get in because they could smell it. Bingo. Or, yes. Now, and that's probably how they figured out that it was flies laying that eggs. That were doing it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Felis is uh, pretty close. Three jars of rotten meat are uh, pretty close to it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing of it is, even though for us now this seems to be kind of a, ew, why would you do something like that kind of thing? It is the perfect example of how the scientific method works. Mm-hmm. You find out. What have you got to start with? What normally happens? Okay, that's what normally happens. Good, set that aside. Now, if we think it's caused by this, let's close off that avenue and see what happens. And they didn't have to do anything huge. They didn't have to have a laser detector to find out how many bugs were getting in and out. They didn't need to have a a mass spectrometer to find out how much stuff was actually in. Well, not how much stuff, but what kind of stuff was actually coming off of it. They didn't need a gas uh, a gas analysis to find out what was outgassing from the... No. They did a simple thing to find out, you know, and, and put to rest the idea of spontaneous generation of life. Or at least in that one particular item. And that was something that kind of blew people's minds away at the time because it was like... How? No. I mean, the Bible says that life can just happen. No. How? No. Well, um, numbers don't lie. I'd take a picture for you, but uh, Galaxy S5 hasn't been invented yet. But, you know, it. there you go. There's the information. And before you think it was just a Renaissance type of activity, oh, no. Go back to the ancient Greeks who figured very closely, uh, let's see, when was this? Ah, hell, I don't even have a year on this one. Going back to um, Homer and Pythagoras. Not exactly the most up-to-it guys, because they were measuring stuff in lengths called stadia. How much is a stadia? I I don't care. I I, I don't care. (laughs) But they they actually took measurements and did it out for themselves on the equivalent of pen and paper, the equivalent of back the envelope and figured out within a relatively within a relatively close degree of accuracy, the diameter of the earth or the circumference of the earth, I should say. They figured it out by just hashing out the question going with a couple of assumptions and figuring it out. They used, well, they used angles of, of, of shadows. And for those of you that hated to do that in high school math, I know, I know, I hated it too. But it helped us figure out a piece about the Earth. And you didn't need a hell of a lot 
you needed a couple of sticks, some decent measurements, a nice, bright, sunny day, and some ink and paper, or the equivalent of. And they did it. But that's just it, because like that's why it's kind of annoying when people make a, a big, uh, quote-unquote, big thing out of science, because it's always been part of human nature to... to try to figure out how shit works and yep. that's basically what science is doing we've always done that the only thing is the only thing that's changed is actually our ability to communicate our findings to each other and share them and that's exactly what the church tried to disrupt i mean that's that's how they destroyed science is just de destroying all means of communication yeah and that's one of the reasons why uh the the library at alexandria the loss of that was monstrous to the the exchange of scientific knowledge throughout the known world at the time. The jury's everybody... still out for that, by the way. Um, they're not sure exactly sure what was stored there, but yeah, um, whatever was there, it it was moved around and diminished over time. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, uh, there are a number of libraries like that where we've got the technology to be able to try to read some of that stuff again. Stuff that would otherwise be ash, they're finding ways of x-raying levels to try to find out what was written on pages without having them completely disassociate because you try to move was otherwise compressed piles of ash. Well, it are, just got to... Are gotta, you saying that oh, this is going to be a means to resurrect the Alexandria Library? Um, some pieces of, yes, uh, if I remember right, uh, Pompeii, I believe was where they had uh, a lot of stuff that they started to try to, uh, do a, a specialized x-ray system that actually does literally layer and then layer and then layer to try to excise the information off of these sheets. And it's working. It's tedious as all hell, but it's working. And that's absolutely you know, bananas to me. Well, I mean, when it comes right down to it, as far as science goes, I mean, we're all born natural scientists when we're little kids. They just take it away from us when we grow. But, I mean, two-year-olds want to know how stuff works. Why does stuff work? That's exactly it. We want to understand, like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going back. I'm always going back again and again to survival, but I'm, I apologize for that starting to sound like a broken record but it but it always comes back to that i mean you know when we're growing up it, it's in our own interest to learn as much as we can about our environment that we have to survive in i mean that's that's almost the entire point of life and um you know and then you've got people like uh who try to there's people who try to make this natural process seem bad and something bigger than it is or something other than it is uh well these are actually people who want you to depend on them for survival and that's it they're they're just like poisoning the well well i mean kids are naturally curious and it's just it's a shame that society will stifle that from them and discourage them from asking questions and you know investigating things finding out for themselves that's evil I mean, it is evil it's like, it, it, yeah, it, it's hard not to get angry at society because, I mean, um, you know, even in non-religious parents, they, they tend to uh, enforce the uh, obey or else rule. You know, the kids have no explanation for anything. 
Uh, they just, uh, because I said they grew up yeah. with, because I said so, and discover nothing for themselves. No explanation. Well, and, and stop and asking because it's getting on my nerves, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and the worst about that is like, that's basically how I was raised is you just do it. Don't ask me why, just do it. And the the reaction I had to that was once I got out on my own, everything I was told not to do that was feasible, I did it because I had no reason not to. So, well, that's uh, that's, and, that's that's what happens when you you know when when you're the son of a preacher, you know that's this yeah. way it works. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry for those of you that don't know, but there's an inside joke about it. We'll we'll explain it for you never. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the coolest things about the way science works now is it's kind of, uh, at least among scientists, a form of crowdsourcing. Um, yeah. Yes. I mean, you, you come up with an idea, and other people will try their best to disprove it, and yeah, you know, they may disprove it. You may go back to drawing board, or they may corroborate your findings, uh, well, or discover something new. That's and the cool the, thing about scientists, they tend to be equally as excited if somebody verifies their work or if somebody completely destroys it and said, no, you're totally wrong, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, um, I, I, we don't get done to funding, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, funding is a big problem. Being wrong and maintaining your source of funding uh, can kind of tends to be yeah. touchy, but the funding is usually provided by uh, very non-scientific minds, unfortunately. Anyways, yeah, that, but that's another problem. Yeah, that's that is that is one of the problems. You know what? I'm I'm going to stop drinking this. Um, is it nasty? It it it's it's not nasty. Uh, it's it's still it's still got a bit of that bitter. But um, I I didn't double check what the alcohol uh, level is on this, and it I'm feeling it a little bit. I think mm. so. I. I'm about to, yeah, I'm about two thirds done of it, so I, I've I've had enough. I, it's not beer, but it's it, it it's close. But as far as to there being a chocolate taste, yeah, no. So a failed no. experiment, kinda, yeah. But anyway, uh, where where I was going to say was um, I get that peer review. <laughs> well, part of the problem that we end up with when we're talking about research being done is one of the things that you were just mentioned joseph that funding for research is really difficult to come by in a lot of cases because there is very little draw for research for reach research take four research for research's sake got it out this time i think i think you know where i'm going with this the idea that we don't know something, but we want to go ahead and invest in people looking through stuff to try to find out, is there something there? And in some cases, after a certain amount of time, they just say, yeah, we're not going to go and, and support that any longer, even though it's been a large investment. Case in point, I believe it's over in Chicago, the Tevatron, I believe is what it was called, uh, or is called, the particle accelerator here in the U.S. that could have found some of the same stuff that the Large Hadron Collider did, but it was defunded and not really doing very much of anything. And that's would, that's kind of sad. I would happily pay taxes for uh, scientists to, 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 to try and 
discovered the sh all the shit that corporations don't want to. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, the idea. Okay, I know it's, I know it's my big thing. We've all got our thing over here. My thing has been the freaking military budget here in my country. Ugh. We're not going to go far into that, but if we took half of the 600 ish billion dollars we're not even going to go into the deficit part of it all but if we took 300 billion how much research could be done with that i know i know there's a whole bunch of other stuff that would be better suited for all that money i know just just go with me for a second the amount of money that we're talking about i mean shit some of the stuff that nasa has put up that has done amazing it, 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 a drop of the bucket by comparison. I mean, I, I'm going to take a look at uh, a couple of the numbers for some of the stuff that NASA's done, but I mean, Jesus, can you can you simply imagine what we might be able to discover if we had more money for research for research's sake? I mean, one of the things that uh, I've kind of wondered is can you do smelting of minerals or metals, I should say specifically, using solar energy, reflectors, and a captured asteroid? Could you bake iron, smelt iron, or, or whatever other metals are in, you know, nearby asteroids, if you could bring it close by and just burn some of the stuff off? and come away with stuff that would otherwise be considered rare earth metals. I mean, how much yttrium is there out there? And how easy would it be to get if you had a whole bunch of reflectors taking a beam of light and cooking an asteroid? That'd be pretty funky. There are uh, metals that supposedly can't be meshed together because of their densities because of gravity but theoretically in zero g or microgravity you could fuse things like lead and iron into one cohesive structure but again i would check, I would check up on that it's not gravity preventing that cohesion the well the the as i've understood it it's the the problem of one has got a different specific gravity than the other and because we are in a gravity well they just oh, separate against each other. Right. They won't intermingle. Okay. Right. And as I've understood it, those kinds of things, if they were in microgravity, wouldn't be able to separate because there, there's nothing pushing them against, you know, the, you, you get where I'm going on that. Well, yeah. Like bonds to like and, and uh, by default in a zero G environment. But that, you bring up a point that's kind of interesting because, you know, uh, it's one place I'd like to disagree with Mr. Stephen Hawking is about he was... Um, oh, sure. Argue now that he's dead. That's good. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I will be too, and then I can argue with the same <laughs> yeah, level. Uh, <laughs> but he was always talking about, you know, um, he expressed his worry about... Uh, are announcing our presence to the, the the universe that aliens might one day come and find us. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the universe and you look at the wealth of like there, there are planets made out of diamond 
out there you know like why bother come to earth when there's all that out there i think we'd be more of a nuisance than anything yeah agreed agreed and um if i remember right uh wasn't it uh, sagan who had actually suggested that um maybe sending out a calling card wasn't such a good idea that's what I was talking about. I think that's who, that was what uh, Hawking was commenting on. Oh, no, you're on. right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I was thinking of... Uh, I had four other things going through my head at the same time. Sorry. I think that would be, be a great sign for... Um, you know, if, you're, if your goal is um, finding wealth in the universe, like mining, um, I think a signal... I think that's a good indication of a place to in, avoid... Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. Those pesky um, humans are disrupting our mining uh, endeavors. <laughs> yes, and um, Stephanie had put put something over in the over in the chat. Uh, half of the military busted, half of the military budget wasted on weaponry. USA research would be transformed, and we would learn more in a year than we have in a decade. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, I, I'm going to throw a devil's advocate at you there. By all means. I've heard it argued many times that the military is often the greatest source of technological advances and innovation. I thought it was porn, but okay, sure. We can't argue. We can't say definitely. We can't say definitively what isn't happening. You know, something different is going to, we can't say, we can't say the outcome. Let's just say it's probably somewhere between the two. And if they dedicated more money uh, towards scientific research, um, let's just say shit would be a lot different. I would say personally that yes, the military does often make very good advances. However, they tend to keep that stuff to themselves as long as they possibly can and prevent non-military usage of it that may actually further society a lot longer than maybe otherwise if they just said, oh, hey, look, we discovered this cool thing. Here you go, folks. <clears throat> if if you want to put it down to a principle, if, if people did scientific research into with the interest of human survival in mind instead of offing the other guy yeah maybe things would go a bit faster yeah Yeah. you know the old saying necessity is the mother of invention yes you know and and i think that's where where you're coming from heretic woman like um, stuff like radar yes um or my first one or enigma you know which eventually became sort of the um encryption well yeah and enigma became sort of the godfather of all things encryption which of course is a big thing these days um Uh, wartime can be a motivator absolutely and even not necessarily even wartime but for instance um something very very um mundane i love gel pens i hate writing with anything but a gel pen gel pens were invented to facilitate astronauts being able to write in space yeah they were never intended for the the common market at all but i'm really glad that they did because i hate ballpoint pens with a passion (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a there's another technology that uh, <coughs> I mean it was it was kept secret. I'm 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 you know air quoting here for a second. Secret, uh, and and then basically locked down from the general public for the longest time by the U.S. So that we would have a leg up on everybody else, and I'm specifically thinking of GPS. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because up until the mid '90s, it was uh, not greatly accurate. But then they said, "Yeah, we'll make it accurate for everybody." Yeah, because anybody can buy a paper map mm-hmm. that has that same information. So why why try and block a more efficient way of gaining that information? It's not like you can block the information. You're just making it easier for everybody. Well, it was a matter at the time of making sure that uh, if you had an electronic map, my guys have a more accurate map than everybody else. So we're in a better condition than everybody else because, well, if they're not as sure where they are, we are. You see where that's going because, you know, it's all about us being up there anyway. I'm sorry, Dal. Kind of, kind of took you off. On a, on no, no, no. You're, you're, you're kind of right, though. Um, you know, I, I don't know why. Um, like, why wouldn't they have kept GPS locked down? Because now everybody can use it. I mean, you could be a a cell phone user in Dubai or in Saudi Arabia or in Iraq if you can get cell signal. I'm not sure how badly screwed up that country is right now. But the bottom line is that you can get an app map or a map app for your device and you can find out where you are. So there had to have been a um, a reason of futility in the military to hang on to it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have released the, the authorization for people to create devices to access those um, satellites or accurately so yeah yeah sorry for being nitpicky uh it yeah. gps is one of those things where e- even i look back and it's just like um yeah guys could you just lift it open for everybody that'd be nice great thanks oh i remember uh, i remember watching a video podcast um years ago it was called ice and rye and he was a geocacher mm. yeah uh, old school geocacher. And um, he actually used to work out of uh, British Columbia. Uh, apparently there's a, there's a lot of geocaches out there. And he would sort of document his uh, his travels to go find them. And then do his little exchange thing and then uh, keep it going. But there was one day he was trying to navigate looking for one. And I don't know if it was the weather or what, but his GPS was drifting as much as 1,500 meters. Now, keep in mind, this was mid-90s, so still kind of, uh, you know, the GPS was still like the, you know, the big, it looked like a big-ass cell phone with a big, thick antenna, and you could only buy it at, you know, sport check for a paycheck, you know? Yeah, I I remember after uh, after Fuji passed, uh, I I bought one. I remember there was Garmin, there was uh, Mm -hmm. Magellan, there were a couple of others, but I I get the idea. We just recently, um, because my 
uh, father-in-law passed away like four years ago and you know he all of his, his tools and things have slowly as as some of the siblings have needed something you know mom says take it i don't need it and one of those things one day when Erno was over there is he found their old GPS unit. Well, his mom doesn't drive anymore either. And she's like, you know, take it, get rid of it. You know, I don't need it here. So we brought it home. Now I have a good GPS on my phone. So it wasn't something I thought of needing, but we figured, well, if it's free, hey, why not? So I looked into it, into um, updating the maps on it. I wanted $60 just to update like the maps of Ontario. And I was like, screw that. <laughs> yeah. I, I pay my phone bill and I can use my phone, which is probably better quality because it's got, um, you know, traffic warnings and, and real time stuff on it. Whereas I don't think that the Garmin offer we ended up giving it away on free cycle to somebody who had one and wanted a charging cord. <laughs> you know, they, they, we were just like, take the whole damn thing. We don't want it. Uh, I, I want to give everybody a, a, a funny only because I went looking it up. This is, this is beautiful. Uh, for those of you that, uh, that, understand this you're gonna have a great time of it try to imagine a car with a fuel economy of 2510 miles per gallon over over a thousand kilometers to the leader right now that's the tesla that's out in orbit i just went looking it up and this is this is this is great Ben, I'm looking at it all. It's traveled far enough to drive all the world's roads 14 times, and it's been up seven, a little over seven months now. I did not realize that. Now, why am I bringing that guy up? Other than the fact that it's so cool to know that Starman is still up there. Uh, if only, if if only it was, it still had battery power. Because apparently, according to this, if it still had battery power. It would have listened to Space Odyssey over 60,000 times in one ear and is there life on Mars over 81,000 times in the other ear. Not that he's got ears. But anyway, <laughs> but the point of it is the Tesla Roadster that's out there is built on learning how to vulcanize rubber, learning how to weave metal into vulcanized rubber how to create pneumatic tires with vulcanized rubber with metal mesh on the inside you see where i'm going with all this aluminum wheels at least i'm pretty sure they're aluminum i don't remember if they're aluminum or titanium whatever the hell batteries with in some cases nickel cadmium or lead acid i forget which technology they were using tempered glass mirrors that could be mass produced in you know great quantities in very small pieces a freaking space suit to prevent the outside from destroying the meat on the inside which generally speaking is pretty important when you're out there in space 
Friendship Seven. Ask about that sometime. Don't ask about that. Um, we build. I mean, the expression is, we stand on the shoulders of giants, referring to other scientists who make these grand discoveries, or maybe not even. But we keep building on what we know and what we've learned. The Tesla Roadster, its earliest grandpa was made by Mr. Ford years and years and years before. He actually made an electric car, but didn't have nearly enough oomph to make it worthwhile. And now we've got that cherry red roadster out there that's... Man, don't be looking for that for an Uber anytime soon. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> they, they'll definitely get lost trying to find you. Could be. Yeah. And let me tell you, that re-entry, that's going to be a bitch. <laughs> As Scott Bandley would tell us, you should check your staging and don't forget your parachutes. They forgot parachutes. I'm, I'm almost guaranteed. Anyway. <laughs> Some people know Scott Manley. Anyway. But that's the thing. We keep learning what we didn't know. And we build on using that to build new equipment to learn new stuff and to access areas that we couldn't before. I mean, the idea of getting to space was, you know, a... a, a science fiction the mm -hmm. idea of being able to get uh up into the atmosphere was a piece of fiction until france decided to start lifting guys up in hot air balloons but that was for wartime also if memory serves but that's a whole other thing i think one of the biggest things about it for me though is that it doesn't have to be the big expensive experiments i mean the ones that i've talked about the uh the one for um well discovering that uh blood can't be transfused from one animal to another or even necessarily from one person to another that can be a really bad thing and that's not that that doesn't require a lot of super expensive equipment at least to find out that much to type different types of uh, uh different types of blood yeah you, you kind of have to do a little bit more digging to find those you know those uh, those chemicals but finding out it's a bad thing to transfuse between one to another it doesn't take a lot finding out that life does not spontaneously erupt that wasn't difficult but that's the problem nowadays isn't it that we've got a lot of the quote-unquote simple stuff done there's very few things that are still simple anymore. And now it's the much more complex stuff where we're actually plumbing the the depths of, forgive me, existence itself. The idea of the, uh, the cosmic microwave background might show areas where black holes from previous expansion events might have happened. And it's a hypothesis that's actually got serious backing in data to support it so far. And it, that just gets weird. Reality gets weirder the more we go plumbing into it. And I find that absolutely fascinating myself. But people 
science changes. Science is dynamic. For some of us, it's a wonderful thing, you know, that we're always discovering something new. But you always hear, you know, particularly the religious side, and they play to, well, if it's changing so much, that must mean that they're that they're wrong. They have doubt. But, you know, over here, everything is answered. Everything is consistent. Everything stays the same. Now, isn't that better for your tired mind that hasn't been fully exercised properly because of, you know, our, um, our, our excuse of an educational system? Like, isn't thinking hard? Why, why think? Why be forced to change your mind all the time? Just let us do it for you. Thinking's hard. Exactly. And it goes back to what uh, what you said a couple of weeks ago, Joseph, about, you know, we're applying critical thought to people who don't know how to do it or who don't want to do it. And it's like going back to my joke earlier, it only hurts the first time because, I mean, remember your first well, your first steps learning to ride a bicycle. No, it's not steps. <laughs> Your first, uh, you know, with the training your, your first, your first scuffed everything learning to learn bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hard at first, but then it yeah. becomes second nature, and then eventually you can't do without it. I mean, it's a tool mm -hmm. you can't do without. Yeah, you know, once you learn to survive for yourself, you become responsible for your own survival. Yeah. It's a complete other mindset. It's a complete other yeah. way of living. But that it's that um... people who have never learned it just cannot understand. Yeah, it, it's that it's that first step though. It's that it's that painful step. And while it used to be a rite of passage, you know the uh, you know the kid's only going to stick the screwdriver in the light socket once. That that kind of philosophy. Yeah, I love the uh, the Australian walkabout. You know, uh, they, yeah. they they had it down to a T. I mean, they, they they bring a kid up and they go, "Okay, this is all we taught you. You're going to take that shit." And you're going to go out on your own into nature and uh, mm. learn how to use it for yourself. Isn't that how they made the Spartans the way that they were? Yeah, it, it was. They um, they were to go out and fend for themselves. They were basically disavowed if they were caught. Like if they were caught so much as stealing or whatever, um, it was on them. Uh, same history professor told me a great one. Uh, a Spartan who was captured, a, a child. He was captured stealing a fox. And he was basically told to confess. He wouldn't. He had his cloak wrapped around his uh, his body. Because I, I, I remember correctly, I think what they had in 300 for costumes was fairly accurate. The, the red cloak and everything. Uh, he was hiding the fox in his um, under his cloak. It clawed at him and eviscerated him until he dropped dead, but he would not admit to having it. He basically stood his ground and died for it. Um, we here at Holy Crap the Vlogcast do not advocate standing your ground till evisceration. Yeah, um, especially by a fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, because we we need all the viewers that we can get, so please don't be mm -hmm. dropping dead from handling foxes. Handling fox, fo don't have any wild animals under your clothes. Yes. 
Especially under your kilt. And, and, that, includes, and that includes weasels, gerbils, and other... I was going to say especially badgers. Yes. Although, if you're somehow able to get a badger into your pants, congratulations. <laughs> but they you're... are not fans of oral sex. No. Lad, we won't talk about know. ferrets either. <laughs> oh. Lad, I don't know where you've been, but I see you won first prize. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people who know exactly yep. what I'm doing. And yeah. yeah. That's oh, the so I'm thinking right about now. <laughs> No, no, it's not. It, it's just it was just one of those one of those fun ones, but you know, it's a yeah. that's a whole other thing. But um, but the point is like things like you know, not necessarily a walkabout, but like some kind of rite of passage where you know you do have to start thinking for yourself. You do have to kind of get out there and you kind of said it without saying it, but autonomous mm -hmm. thought is also autonomous survival. Yeah, people who don't think autonomously. Have no idea how to survive. They're completely dependent on yeah. their leader, decider, provider, whoever they've chosen. And I think this generation that's coming up, the one previous, they knew the pain they had to go through. And they decided, you know what? I'm not going to make my kids go through with it. And I think that's one of the results of that is. What do you mean? Well, okay. The hardships of growing up? Yeah. Like, we uh, we all had to go through it. We had to, you know, stop getting money from mom and dad. We had to go out and find a job. Awesome. Uh, or in some cases, get an, you know, get an education before getting said job and then having a job while getting said education. Um, you know, the, the the horror stories of the shit job, working the, work the Walmart or working the Wendy's, or in my case, you know, selling beer at hockey games which I actually look back on with a point of freaking pride, but yeah, you did it. It's a fucking experience. Well, yeah, I, I did it, but you know, I got past it. Well, you, you learned know, there, from there, it. And there's no way I could have lived on it. You could, you, you, you have every right. For example, when you want to, when you, you know, you deplore a system that, uh, where people have to work that way, you know, you mm -hmm. have every right to, to protest because you've been there. That's, you know, yeah. We should all go through that. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, well, okay. It's like, um, oh boy, I'm, I'm going to open up a hornet's nest here. I'm willing to bet that every one of us on this panel is old enough to. Careful. Have Young been enough to. No, no, no. Have been spanked by our parents at least once. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that was a very good deterrent. I would like to think for us. I know I'm sure as hell I know it was for me. That's how you break somebody. That's not how you bring somebody uh, up at any uh, Yeah, it broke me. Yeah. But that's that's yeah, right. yeah, it's not yeah. a hornet's nest. It's just a fucking lot to unpackage well, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, in my... Okay, from my personal experience, what I got from it is... Um, well, obviously, don't... Uh, you know, it, it was a behavioral thing for me. Yes, I got spanked maybe three or four times in my life. But, you know, after that... 
you know, whatever it is that caused me to do that, I never did it again and found out later in life that, yeah, it was a pretty stupid thing to do. But you found out, you, you found out, you found understanding later in life, which you didn't, you weren't given earlier in life by your parents. Yeah. But the spanking part, it's, it's really, ah, okay. Using my, my catchphrase again, survive by imitators. I mean, it's people who depend on other humans for survival. They only know to imitate. So they have no rational reason why um, they, they, they can't convey any rational reason but to make a kid conform to that. So that's all they have is the beating. Yeah, but it was also conviction. Yeah, but for me, it also, it was not, uh, as Beth puts it, it was not where dad broke a tennis racket over my knee or a guitar over my head. And just so you know, we had two guitars, a shotgun, a 30-odd six, and three twenty twos in the closet. So trust me, there were other options. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was one open hand, cross the butt, one time. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah. I got the wooden spoon. Oh, I got wooden. that one once, too. I got once. the belt, fly swatter, uh, yeah. willow leaf tri- uh, branch, uh, spatula, wooden spoon, hairbrush. Any household torture. Anything that was <laughs> that was close at hand. Yeah, now you see yeah. that, that's excessive. And sometimes yeah. it was 30 yeah. or 40 hits. So. Okay. Yeah, you see, that's, that's too much. No, what I'm talking about, again, from my experience, was just, you know, it, it, was, it was the correction. The, the the one swat to say okay that's that's a correction and that was it you know like how okay maybe i was trained a bit like a dog you know you give a dog a swat when it's doing something wrong maybe yeah, it works dogs can't reason well they actually <laughs> they, they can to a point but that that takes time but anyways yeah but um it, it's like treating humans like animals basically but that's like denying the human ability to reason that every yeah, but, human but, has by default. But Joseph, when you're two years old, do you actually have any real cognitive thought? Oh, no, no, you don't. There, I tend to agree. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That's kind of when this all this shit happened. You know, I like, yeah, I, I was spanked when I was small and I didn't know better. Yeah. You know, as yeah. I grew, like when I, when I was like, uh, I think the last time I was spanked, I was four years old. And yeah. that was the last time okay. after that. You know, the cognitive, you know, the, the age of reason kicked in and I learned a few things myself. An inability to understand is not really a reason not to give a reason. Hmm. It's not an excuse not to give a reason because, I mean, you know, you can explain to your kid, you know, instead of spanking the shit out of them or whatever, or even worse, I'm trying to explain to them, oh, this is, look at, um, this is why we don't do this because, you know, if you steal from the other kids, uh, eventually... Know, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass because you know we live with other humans and you wouldn't want that happen to you. Yeah, I'll... I think when he's, t- he's talking, though, like when you're two, it doesn't do any good to try to tell a two-year-old that because they're not going to comprehend. Yeah, yeah. For sure me, that. <laughs> for me, when I was uh, um, well beyond the age of reasoning, mm-hmm. okay. If this ever gets back to my parents uh, and and my my sibs, yeah, whatever. Yeah, reminding you that this was the uh, mid seventies. Mm-hmm. My Italian mom used the the metal slotted spoon. Oh, mm-hmm. now 
You will see why this is funny in a second. I promise you, this, this actually gets to be funny. The metal slotted spoon was such a design that the spoon part itself was one piece of metal and the handle and the, the wood on the handle was its own separate piece and they were riveted together where the two met. I remember those. I tensed up my little buttocks when my mom wailed into me one night. In the end, the spoon part flew away because the rivets broke. Oh. And she told me in no uncertain terms, get in your room. And apparently I found out years and years later, she crinkled up her jaw and, and spoke to me in a very, very tight lip voice because she was trying so hard not to laugh. Now, okay. I was, let's go with eight, six. Yeah. Okay, you get the idea. Now, fast forward to me 30 years later, roughly. And I have always taught Tiny Tribble. Yes, that's good. <clears throat> no, that's not good. And here's how we figure out what's the right thing to do. It's always been, let me guide you. It's never been, I'm going to yank you by the reins in one direction or other. It's always been a nice slow curve to understand how to navigate the road. Uh-huh. Here's how I do it, but, you know, um, there may be other ways of doing it, but here's how I do it. That's all you can give them. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know that this necessarily plays into the way, uh, the area that Dallin was going into, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it back to you in a second. But for me, that's always been kind of the scientific method for teaching new lives this is how i survive this is what i know if you find a better way great but um you know this is all i have to teach you yeah and for me it was a matter of teaching how to examine what's going on and how to determine for yourself from that that's what's the best way yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. teach them how to think like give them the fucking fishing rod instead of giving them fish and explaining how the rod works yeah now, Dallin, I know I've kind of taken the, taken the thunder out of your sails at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, the idea of documenting uh, the little bit of uh, why my ass has got that waffling in it all these years later, I just kind of wanted to get that out there because, you know, thanks, Ma. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I guess at this point, um, I don't have much of a leg to stand on because my experiences were definitely a lot more benign than uh, most others. And for me, it wasn't so much, you know, a, a guidance to stop doing a particular behavior. It could have been for any, I think it was just back talk. You know, you, you, you lip off your parent and in my case, and my siblings were known for that. I remember my brother saying a few things to my mom that made me who was 10 years younger, want to run up and punch him in the balls so hard. He cried. I never got the chance that time but i would have never dared Uh -uh. yeah but but that's the thing um 
It's funny, I knew the Socratic method, um, you know, but even before I knew what the Socratic method was, I was I was like that when I was a kid, you know, my, my parents would say something to me, you know, or else or whatever. And I would basically ask why, <laughs> you know, and they, they would never, I was never satisfied with their answer. And that's when yeah. they started to get the back talk. Yeah. But again, it was like Shujin said, it was the seventies. A lot, th a lot of things have changed. Um, Fortunately. When the no spanking thing came out, I was, again, I could only base on my own experience. But now that I've heard other experiences here tonight, it's like, okay, now I can understand why they wanted to put that in because people were basically getting away with beating the crap out of their kids. And it could be for the drop of any hat. Yeah, it becomes a reflex with time. Yeah, which which is wrong, you know, entirely wrong. And where does all this fit in for tonight? I I do. I don't. I, I lost it half no. a bottle of this ago. No. Bridget brought up a, a point about, uh, you know, like the two-year-old not understanding. Well, the two-year-old that won't listen to the parents, um, you know, that, that the kind of shit takes time to build up. You know, the kid mm -hmm. is throws a screaming fit. Um, oh, they don't learn they don't learn how to do that overnight. I mean, they do that because it works. Yeah. There's a reason they call it the terrible twos. Well, we, have, we have to learn by a, you know, we have to, we basically, we have to understand everybody has to understanding the human learning process should be part of our learning process. You know, to at, until a certain point in life, um, we have to present our arguments in a certain way. And, a, you know, from the age of reason onward, uh, well, we, we, we can we can go rationally about uh, well I was things. able to do that with my daughter when she was a little older um, but now there was one time when she was about to that I did swat her on her rear um, she was still in diapers you know, so it didn't really hurt her it was just the the noise from it but she um, kept trying to eat the kitty litter and it was clumpable oh. and, and you know, I tried putting her in time out. I would try closing the door off so she couldn't get to it. Things like that. Why did and she I don't know. And you really so, have to follow that rabbit hole down. Why does she want to do that? I don't know. So yeah. I kept trying to distract her with toys or I'd put her in her crib or, you know, separate her from it. And then I caught her dipping her toothbrush in there and eating it. Yeah. And I did yank her up and swatted her on her you know, butt and told her no. That's and one of the times I would, I would for, love to look for at whatever reason brain. after that happened, she never did it again. It got through to her after I swatted her, and I felt real bad that I did that. But you know, to me, that was a life or death situation. I had to do something, yeah, because I could have killed her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, uh, we've only got the we've only got a couple, couple minutes left, uh, before we have to wrap up over here, but uh, there is a piece of this that kind of pulls us together and I'll, I'll kind of throw it open for you guys to finish off. We can kind of extrapolate this out a little bit further where there are groups who have said, you will not do XYZ research into area blank because reasons at penalty of, well, it could be anything from expulsion of a group to, well, excommunication to sanction by groups anybody saying don't look there is just they've got their own self-interest in mind well That's it. yeah because i was gonna i was gonna pick you guys off on uh, on the quick one for 
uh, again, going back to Stephen Hawking, when he had spoken with one of the popes, I believe it was, and they basically said, sure, we, we appreciate what you're doing, but you're not allowed to look before the Big Bang because that's God's domain. And that's one of those areas where it's like, to me, um, you get off of my lawn because you don't belong on this lawn. And but you're not allowed to threaten me on my lawn because you don't like the way that my lawn is cut. No, I, I got a, I have a counter challenge for that. Okay, Pope, insert uh, made-up name here because we all know that's not your real name anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me not to look uh, before the Big Bang because that's God's territory. Tell you what I'm going to do. You see, I'm going to be the guy looking there. So why don't you go knock on God's door? Okay, the, the vision of the devil's doorbell just came into mind. Never mind. Um, why don't you go knock on God's door? And tell him to come down here and tell me not to. Because you are nothing but a proxy. You are a puppet of something that I don't really believe in. No, God is the puppet. He's the fucking ventriloquist dummy. Oh, I know. I know. But that's not the way, you know, Pope Frankenberry serial sees it. Or any of them, for that matter. Yeah. All the way, all the way back. I mean, oh. hell, they can't even agree on which Pope is the real Pope. Because, you know... Sky Pie X. Yeah, which which Pope is the real Pope? Which God is the real God? Which history of the universe? Uh, uh, which which one book tells it properly or accurately? I um, mean, gotta, it I'm going to go with, as long as uh, you're listening to them. Yeah, and uh, personally, I'm going to go with the uh, the loose cannon, uh, the flying spaghetti monster, uh, volume two, of course, because you know we need the additional apocrypha. You know, the, the, uh, the loose cannon is the missing cannon. I uh, I'll, I'll I'll look up the PDF somewhere. No, I I think the loose cannon is the one that fell into the ocean off the ship because it wasn't be. bolted down properly. Anyway, but um, yeah, we like I said, we've uh, only got a couple of uh, so you know, uh, Bridget and, and Heretic Woman. I I, I want to you know get you guys an opportunity here to finalize off of this. You know, the idea of you're not allowed to handle, you're not allowed to go looking into XYZ because, you know, reasons and punishment and excommunication, for instance. The minute someone tells you you can't know something, that's when you need to know what that was. <laughs> well, Why yeah, they don't want you to. to know it, too. You've got exactly. Investigation. Exactly. And that's why when I got old out on my own, I went and did all the things that I was told not to do because nobody explained to me why I shouldn't do it. Now, granted, the vast majority of those things were pretty benign. Like, I was never allowed to have soda growing up unless it was a special occasion. So for 20 years, I drank nothing but soda, <laughs> which... <laughs> I've now don't do that either because I, you know, it's not very good for you and, you know, stuff like that. But that's what I just, did. Why didn't they just tell you to listen to your body? You know, don't drink that kind of shit if you don't need it, if you don't want it. Yeah, oh, no, because, no, you know, they're, not, they're gonna, not That's a good mother. motivation. Like, don't do drugs. Well, that's a good motivation for a lot of kids to actually do drugs. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, 
I wasn't one of those kids because I had lots of friends that did do drugs. And I was like, eh, no, I don't think that looks like fun. So I, I, I had lots of opportunity, but I was smart enough to look at what was involved and kind of go, nah. And the fact that my dad was an alcoholic and I was terrified of, of ending up being addicted to something. So I stayed away from that shit. But that wasn't because somebody told me not to. That was because I saw why you shouldn't do that because I saw the, the, the consequences. But things like like my mother was a teacher, so you had your ass in class every day unless you were half dead or I faked being sick. So, I, <laughs> But, you know, so when I got to university and found out nobody cared whether you went to class or not, I my first term I was having the time of my life and then I kind of went one day when did I go to class last oh shit that was two weeks ago I better go to one you know because I I could but nobody sat down and explained you know if you get too far behind even though they don't force you to go every day you may get to a point that you can't keep up and then you might be in danger of failing that. Now, I never did fail anything, but I didn't get as good of grades as I could have. Like I was still, you know, I got some A's, B's and C's, but I probably would have been mostly A's and B's if I had gone all the time. Like when I, I went back to college in 2013 and I got almost all A's, because I was invested to go every day. You saw the point and, in it. Yeah, I saw the point in it. But when you're 18 years old and you're away from home for the first time and free to do whatever you want, it's like, well, fuck that. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> well, you, you, or, for example, you look at your parents who are always fighting with each other and they're telling you go to school or else. And you just saying <laughs> why? And yeah. you know, so you can grow up to be like them, but fuck that. <laughs> no yeah, way. exactly. Like, eh, no. <laughs> Hell no. It just so, makes yeah, no rational if, sense. If they took the time to explain to me why they didn't want me to do something, I may have been a lot more receptive to doing that. I can't yeah, guarantee going, that. Going back to the survive by imitators, um, mm -hmm. you know, people who imitate they don't know themselves why they do it only just they have to in order to survive they have to imitate so so do you yep. that's yeah. our explanation yep. by so the way they can't explain it to you if they don't know themselves i found my copy there it is oh ah, cool the loose cannon a really important collection of words a holy book of the church of the flying spaghetti monster Sorry, the only one I was able to find was the first edition version. But it's a signed first edition version, so that's that's what I got going for me. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Bridget Singh is how we're, you know, getting down of whatever last uh, item for you, I guess, before we close up. Mm, I don't really have anything. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting down. We're getting down. Yeah. yeah. And Motown. That's okay. It's it's you know it it's it's one of those things that's really it, it gets to be a little esoteric. I know for well, but um, uh, let me just let me just uh, yeah, Dallin. I'm sorry uh, to end this on one kind of note because this is the last of the the bottle. <laughs> I wish to quote 
Richard Dawkins, who, by the way, is going to be up here in a couple of months, uh, in a month or so. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Richard Dawkins and Carolyn Porco uh, doing a thing here. Uh, Carolyn Porco was the um, scientist behind Cassini. Oh, one, one of them. And also consulted with J.J. Uh, Abrams on the uh, Titan Rising scene from the uh, Star Trek reboot. But uh, I think uh, Richard Dawkins said it best. Science. It works. Bitches. There My closing for that is just the, the universe functions very well on its own without our understanding of it. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, just uh, give me a couple of seconds. I'm actually uh, in the process of grabbing uh, an image, believe it or not. Um, I'll fix the file name afterwards. What's important is not uh, the file name, but uh, what the image says. And I think it, uh, I think it sums up everything that is important in the scientific endeavor. And as usual, the words are best suited from someone other than any of us. The wonderful Mr. Richard Feynman, Dr. Feynman. I would rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. And isn't that exactly it? It's so important for us to remember that, uh, as was mentioned, you know, the terrible twos. Why, why, why? That's humanity's natural state. We say the kids say the darndest things and children are and animals are the most honest. It's true. When we have no preconceived notions of what we should be doing, how we should act, we want to know why. That's the biggest purpose of just doing the show. Why is, why does, why isn't, why doesn't, why can't, why should. Why not? Just why. That is one of the simplest questions and sometimes the hardest one to answer. And I love, I love the exploration of such a deceptively simple question. Because like with this show, you never know where it's going to end up taking you. Because so many different pieces interlock to make the answer. You don't believe me. Ask a two and three-year-old what thunder is and have fun following that down. As always, everybody, it's about that time that we go ahead and close up time. We hope that you had yourself a fun time listening to all of our perspectives. Hope that you found something worthwhile in all of it and have something to think about for later. As always, all of you over there in the live chat, thank you very much for your time. Phyllis, Stephanie, Beth, uh, who I did not uh, I did not greet earlier, uh, other than just to type it out over there. Thank you, hon. Uh, TDTF, I know that you were over there. Lobster, 
I have no idea if you're still awake or not, but um, good to have you and good to see you. Uh, there were, uh, for those of you that checked the live chat, yes, there were some, uh, there was some interesting um, static that was going on. Uh, I will go as far as to say that I am not going to be removing anything from the official playback because nothing got to the level of, all right, you're being a dick now. There were a couple people who were kind of, yeah. There was was a little bit, but kindergarten dicks. (laughs) You know, I I will say this much about one of the guys. Um, I, I should actually thank him. Oh. Because I've played Dota in the past. Didn't like it. Was almost thinking of getting back into it just because, you know, I was curious. Uh, But now, apparently, if that is the level of intellect that uh, Dota players are at these days, ah, no. Fair enough. Um, I'm not not into uh, mental pablum. Let's just put it that way. Fair enough. And uh, Felis Adusi over there, you have yourself a uh, a good rest. You take care of yourself. So, as always... We just go ahead and say goodnight to everybody because, well, um, I'm holding on okay right now, even with the amount of drink that I had. Mm. Eh, it was it was okay. So anyway, as always, Joseph, thank you very much for your time. Uh, you have yourself a good rest of your morning, and uh, you take care of yourself, huh? You too, sir. Bridget, uh, I'm glad you were able to make it. Uh, I'll ask you off the air, but uh, otherwise, thanks for your time, Oh, thank you. And if anybody wants to find me on Facebook, you can find me as Bridget Fitch. Send me a friend request if you want to. And you can also find me at my blog at BridgetFitch2112.wordpress.com. Heretic Woman, thank you for your time, of course, as always. And what do you, uh, what do you, are you, are you taking another, uh, another week off? You, you taking the Johnny no. Carson pathway? No. Not going to no. take a vacation day or nothing? Okay. No, no, I took like, I I personally wasn't on my show for three quarters of August, so. <laughs> well, she's, you know, it's, some people get eh. the whole Johnny Carson time for you. I know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. And uh, we are going to do an update show about the whole Nexium scandal, because uh, we talked about Nexium is this weird ass cult that we uh, we talked about uh, a year or so ago and it's actually involved some pretty heavy names like the uh seagram heirs the bronfman sisters um an actress from i want to say it was smallville um who's actually been charged with sex trafficking and uh the leader of the cult who's also been charged with sex trafficking uh a keith renier and yeah so when we first talked about the cult it was only there'd been some rumblings about it existing and some rumors about some of the whacked out stuff it was doing and and it's kind of blown up and there's people in jail and stuff like that so we're gonna we're gonna do an update about the nexium cult that should be fun. So that's 7.30 p.m. Eastern on uh, Beyond the Trailer Park. That's, um, 
talking about cults is uh, is never fun for me because there is a certain level of um damage that ends up happening to not just the people themselves but the circles from the people who are yeah. involved including the kids so um i yeah. don't know of any children this was an adult um it, it was marketed as an adult self-help group that got we had a control as in like women getting branded and acting like sex slaves and things like that so there thankfully i know of no children involved in this cult good yes that's great and for those people that want to do the whole you know uh sex slave and branding thing uh two words for you consent yes but that's that's a whole other thing for another time when we can finally get Callie over here and, and we have a fun time making people blush, but that's 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 a good time. <laughs> gotta invite there. Beth. You gotta invite Beth for that one. Yeah, well, a piece at a time, piece at a time. Dallin, glad you're able to make it, man. And uh, you, well, in the meantime, <laughs> you of course have fun with the next couple of days with the. Uh, because for those that didn't know about it, he had to deal with snow recently, and I'm not going to let him live it down just yet. Well, it's gone. Yeah, I know, but still. Yeah, it's it's still kind of miserable out here. I'm hoping it gets better. Um, I will, however, be gone for next week, that I can guarantee. Um, just because of uh, I'll be busy. Um, the week after, I actually should be back in town from the on-site, so we'll see what happens. Um, but anyways, um, again, we have the audio version of this show over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. And for myself, uh, for any kind of, uh, other, uh, speaking of mental pablum, uh, <laughs> anything that ever comes out of this twist in mind, uh, you can catch over at my blog at inthewind.yo5.ca. Thank you, man. As always, everybody, uh, you have yourselves a, a good rest of your weekend. If you'd like to send us any kind of uh, communications, all of our email lists are over at holycraplovlogcast.com. If you'd like to send a voicemail message, the phone number is, of course, 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. Believe it or not, I may consider putting that phone number on the do not call list because I've gotten some phone calls on there and... Yeah, they're robocalls. Not working, guys. Uh. Doesn't work that way. But good try on you. A for effort. As an asshole. Sorry, just had to go ahead and do that. Uh, for those of you that would uh, be interested in uh, heading us over on Facebook, of course, it's facebook.com slash holycrapthevlogcast. And for those of you that are planning on throwing a couple bucks our way to offset for uh, server costs or domain hosting, I should actually say. Of course, that is patreon.com slash hctv. Uh, I don't post specifically over to that, so if you want to do anything, just do like a, a on a monthly thing, and you want to do a, you, you want to do a one-time thing, do it for the month, and then cancel and be done with it. Somebody's already done that one, so don't worry about it. I'm not asking for money. I'm just saying, if you want to, go ahead and do it. Why the hell not? I got nothing to lose. Before we go, 
is just one of the piece. I want you guys to know that behind the scenes, it has been really, really difficult for me to come up with topics to talk about. Not because it's been hard to come up with topics, but because there's just been so much stuff that has been coming in the news recently domestically for me here in the U.S. It seems every couple of hours there's a new thing that's going on that makes me go, oh, shit. I'm trying really hard to plan earlier than two days ahead of the show. But it's really tough. So I keep trying. Thank you for being patient. And thanks for still being with us. Really do appreciate it. Till the meantime, you'll take good care of yourselves and we will see you soon. As always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. As always, my lady. Over 13 years later, I am still in love. Not today, Fuji. I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everybody, as always. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.